Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, though some folks thought it would never get here, it's clearly summer in Maine. The number of cars on the road tells us that there are visitors galore, and many of us are trying to take things a little more slowly, if we can. So, this is a good time to root around in the Electronic Cottage archives to dig up some programs that may be worth another listen for those of us here year-round, or that may be new to folks who've come to visit. In either case, we hope you enjoy, and find useful, this Notes from the Electronic Cottage Encore. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. The 18th and 19th century philosopher Jeremy Bentham understood a very critical fact about human beings. Whether we think we're being watched or not affects our behavior. Back in 1791, he devised a type of prison which he called the panopticon. The name itself speaks to how it's supposed to work. Pan is the Greek word for all, and opticon is from the same Greek root as optic, which means sight or see. Bentham's design had a round tower in the center of a prison with windows on all sides of the tower, which were covered by curtains so that it was impossible to look into the windows, but anyone inside could look out. A large circular building was built around the central tower with glass walls on the inside of the circle. Those windows had no curtains. The result was that anyone in the tower could look into any of the rooms, these would actually be the jail cells, but the prisoners in those cells could never see into the tower. Bentham's idea was that a few jailers, or maybe even a single jailer, could serve as a monitor on prisoner behavior because the prisoners would have no way of telling if they were being watched. Therefore, they'd feel like they had to be on their best behavior, whether the jailer was watching a particular prisoner at a particular time or not. This effect of people changing their behavior if they know they could be under observation has been demonstrated time and again in academic research taking place on assembly lines and classrooms in neighborhoods. People are far less likely to act in a way that's not considered normal or standard if they feel they might be watched, whether in fact they're being observed or not. We have examples of this phenomenon every day here in Maine on school buses. Many school districts have built boxes in the front of school buses facing the seats in which video cameras can be placed. Putting such boxes in every school bus isn't a great expense, but putting an expensive video camera in every bus is. But there's actually no need to do that. Some school districts have only a few cameras, which they move from bus to bus. The students have no way of knowing if a real camera is in the surveillance box or not. Since it could be there, most students will behave as if the camera is there, even if they have no way of knowing if that's true. That's one modern example. And then there's the web. Privacy advocates have long maintained that if people think they're being watched, they will alter their behavior. These privacy folks assert that people are, for example, less likely to express an opinion on the web especially a controversial one, if they think that they're being monitored online. 
Now, there's some pretty concrete evidence that the privacy advocates are correct. But privacy isn't something that a lot of politicians or business people get overly worked up about. Now, however, there's evidence that people's fear of having their data compromised is having other effects as well, including keeping people from banking or buying goods online. Economic impact? That is a different matter entirely, and even the mainstream news is all over this fact. The National Telecommunications and Information Administration, or NTIA, a part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, has released the results of some survey questions asked in July of 2015 by the U.S. Census Bureau. They asked these questions of people in households where there was at least one user of the Internet. 41,000 households were included in the study. The results were, to say the least, sobering. For starters, 19% of the households in the sample had had a personal encounter with an online security breach during the year previous to the survey being conducted. Those folks were understandably even more cautious than others in the survey, but overall, 45% of those households surveyed said that concerns about security and privacy online had caused them to pull back from doing something on the Internet that they otherwise would have done, and in many cases had actually done before. And what was the activity that people were most reluctant to engage in on the web? 29% were reluctant to conduct financial business online, followed closely by 26% who were hesitant to purchase goods or services. And 26% was the same percentage who said that they avoided posting on social networks, and 19% who wouldn't post a controversial opinion online. What were people worried about that caused them to back off of such activity on the web? By far the biggest fear was identity theft. A whopping 63% of those surveyed were worried about it. Almost half, or 45%, were worried about financial or bank fraud. 23% were concerned about online services collecting data about them, and 22% feared the loss of control over their personal data. 18%, or almost one in five, feared data collection by the government and 13% even had fears about their personal safety. Note that all of these fears are based upon the suspicion that someone is watching what we do on the web and collecting that information, and that bad things can happen as a result. As in the Pantopticon, there's no way to know if any particular person's actions are being watched at any particular moment, but many people feel that that could be the case online. One way to avoid the bad effects of being watched is to change behavior and simply not go where the watchers are, in this case, online. This behavior change on the part of a significant minority of Americans signals a very troubling trend for both the civic and the economic health of the country. In the words of Rafi Goldberg, a policy analyst in the NTIA's Office of Policy Analysis and Development, quote, it is clear that policymakers need to develop a better understanding of mistrust in the privacy and security of the Internet 
and the resulting chilling effects. End quote. Jeremy Bentham knew that people change their behavior when they think they're being watched. Those changes are not always for the better. And now there's empirical evidence to back that fact up. The question is, what to do about what this evidence tells us? And we'll do our best to keep track of what solutions policymakers propose right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music